Hey guys, welcome to the Ducks and Dogs podcast. My name is Mike with FQ Ducks, and I have my co-host Matt with FQ Washington. Matt, how you doing today? I'm doing great. I had some, it was like this uh, peanut butter chocolate crust pie today. It was really good, and it's all I can think about right now. So, <laughs> Hell yeah. But yeah, we're doing got, good, man. Doing good. Man, we got a lot to get into today. Uh, another... Another top recruit out of the state of Washington leaves the state. JTT committing to Ohio State. Uh, how you feeling about that? That eh, color me shocked. I mean, everybody kind of knew that Ohio State was the favorite going into it. You know, obviously as a Dogs fan, and I'm sure as a Ducks fan too, you can hold out hope that he was going to be, you know, going to either school, surprising everybody. But we're pretty much down here fighting for second place for him. So... Yeah, I didn't really have much hope until, like, the day of Huffman was like, it's Ohio State and Oregon. I was like, oh. Yeah. Interesting. Huffman's pretty on it, but I still, I mean, I that's still a majority Ohio State thing. I think he just had to throw in the second team in there. I think my thought is that JTT wanted Ohio State and his family was pushing Oregon. Yeah, I could see it. I heard a lot of rumors that uh, his mom and stuff was pushing Washington for a long time, too. I'm sure his family wanted either Washington or Oregon. Um, I think just from what his teammates in high school, like G. Scott, you had a Mecca go there. You see kind of a Washington pipeline working over that way. So, I mean, why not follow your teammates and stuff? It's just I, an anti-pipeline of Eastside going to anywhere but Washington. Yeah, and Eastside Catholic is a very interesting case study in, in Washington because... They're pretty much one of the few high schools that consistently funnels kids out of the state. And obviously, they're competing on a national level, right? You go to Eastside Catholic if you're from Washington or nearby just to get national recruiting recognition. But, I mean, I think Sam Adams was one of the – he might have been the only one in the past couple of years from that school that's gone to Washington. So, yeah. Yeah, your guys' recruiting hasn't been the uh, most positive news lately. Twitter's been uh, ablaze with uh... – Washington fans roasting Washington's inability to recruit. Yeah, it's been kind of a nightmare recently, and I don't blame fans for for being upset. Obviously, we want to recruit better and, you know, all that. And Jimmy, like, you know, is kind of figuring out, you know, how to recruit and stuff. I'm going to say that in hopes that uh, 2022 <laughs> goes a bit better for us. Um, but that's not to say they don't find talented guys. It's just when you look at the pure stats and – uh, the stars of guys, we don't land high-talent recruits all the time. I mean, Sam Heward was kind of a lock from the beginning for UW. Like you Ryan some five and, yeah, you're, <clears throat> you land some five and four stars here and there, but for the most part, you're signing a lot of three-star guys. And again, not a bad thing that Washington develops well. People know this already. But when you're in a conference with the likes of Oregon, UCLA, USC, who all – you know, Oregon more so than the others, but there are other schools in the Pac-12 that recruit pretty decently. And, you know, if you want to stay afloat, probably within, you'll see the results of poor recruiting probably three, four years after a class, something like that, because that's usually when those guys are in those starting spots. Um, you know, only time will tell. So Yeah, no, I know. I just seen that uh, corner there. Uh, a lot of the forecast changed from Washington to Notre Dame. Um, Morrison, I think his name is. Yeah, that was that was something. That's kind of a surprise to a lot of people. Obviously, he hasn't committed yet, but um, I'm still not super worried. But when the forecast changes that quickly, it is something to be a bit worried about, especially when, you know, 
we weren't really worried about that one just because like historically like in the past year or two like we recruit really well against notre dame when we're in those recruiting battles with them so yeah yeah man it's those guys you could you did all right keeping guys in state in 2021 i mean obviously you were recruiting it's it's not fair to condemn jimmy Lake completely he's recruiting against Mario Cristobal is not the normal, like recruiting that well the first year or two years in. That's not the normal. That's not the typical expectations you should have for a coach. As much as I hate Washington, it's unfair to say Jimmy Lake can't recruit because you're trying to compare him to Mario Cristobal, who's as a first time power five head coach has probably had the best initial recruiting classes ever. It's it's not a fair comparison at all. No, and I think it's one thing to point out that you're not recruiting well. It's another thing to want the guy's head on a stake, right? Like, I think uh, there's a good chunk of Husky Twitter that's blowing this out of proportion because of one recruiting cycle and one four-game season. And people say, well, Jimmy Lake's not a good coach because he's only coached four games. Jimmy Lake's also not a bad coach because he's only coached four games. The sample size isn't big enough to tell whether he's you know good or bad yet honestly like i can honestly say that like, i think it was a combination over the past few days of jtt going to ohio state dave yulee's crystal balls all pouring in for oregon morrison's mm-hmm. predictions flipping the notre dame i think it was just a lot that came on at one time when it comes to recruiting and recruiting is probably 70 percent of the battle in college football there's only been two teams to ever play for a championship under 50 percent blue chip ratio and both of those were chip kelly built teams I mean, there's only, you know, there's only so much you can do. Like you said, we are consistently in recruiting battles with Oregon, Ohio State, Alabama's thrown in the mix most Oklahoma. of the time, Oklahoma. Um, the fact that we recruit well against Notre Dame, I think, is a good testament because mm-hmm. they're one of the better programs in college football. But even then, it's like, you know, you can't get a break. And it's good that you're competing for these top recruits, but every once in a while, Maybe you start landing them. You have to start landing them, you know, and that's the thing. And that's where people are. I understand the frustration. I really do understand the frustration, um, you know, very passionate fan base, to say the least. Um, and they are they're they're kind of fired up right now. So a lot of the guys you have are solid, too, in your class. But at the same I, time, yeah. the guys you have are also like the guys who are left over because the schools you were recruiting against for other teams didn't want them because they got somebody else. That's pretty fair. Um I mean, there's usually a few top schools left, but a lot of the guys we have landed, you know, Oregon's out of the conversation. Alabama, Ohio State, all those schools that we have struggled to recruit against are usually out of the conversation. One of them might be in the mix, but they are usually left out of the top three of these recruits anyways, for whatever reason, you know. So it just, that's how it crumbles. But with 2022 on the way, a lot of top recruits in-state, because I assume we can keep talking about in-state recruiting, um... A lot of top guys. Josh Connerly, all eyes are on him right now. The crystal ball says Washington, but obviously, like, there's a lot that can change. It's class 2022. There's nothing set in stone yet. No, no. Uh, with all due respect, the guy who has that Washington crystal ball in uh, is not the most uh, accurate. Yeah. He, I, I think mean, that's... he has, like, crystal balls in for Washington for, like, half of the state of Washington's players. Yeah, I mean... For most of them, you know, it's a pretty safe pick. It's just those top recruits, you know, like we were talking about, are usually ones that dip. So yeah, I think that's gonna be that's gonna be the whole thing too. It's Josh Connerly is gonna be the tell for this recruiting class. Tobias 100%. Merriweather, you're not in it for 
and I don't know mm -hmm. if you guys, you probably want him, but because I don't know why you guys wouldn't want a top 150 ranked player when last year you only had like two of them. Yeah. Obviously, you want those guys, but he's out of the conversation. It's between you guys and Notre Dame right now. Uh, yeah, I don't even him. think he's a take for us right now. Yeah, no, I think Notre Dame's the favorite there. Um, Dave Uli, you guys, that, you guys have no chance now. Yeah, Oregon, for the first time in what fifteen years? It's been a while since you guys have years. landed us. Yeah, Jonathan sixteen Stewart. years. Yeah, Jonathan Stewart was the last you know four or five star you guys took out of Washington. I think that. That drought ends for you guys with him. I mean, holy cow. We like, might take two this. Well, we could take three. Uh, if Misa's a take for us, we get Misa. I think. Me, I, I but I don't think he's a take for us. Yeah, I don't think he's a take for anybody. I, it's totally up in the air with him right now. Otten, kind of a lock for Washington. It mm -hmm. would take something very drastic for him not to go to University of Washington. Just with, obviously, the bloodline there. Man, he's, the teams you're recruiting uh, against for Connerly, that's not going to be fun. No, that's that's a bloodbath for anybody involved. Even the top that's programs not recruiting be fun. him. I think it was, if I remember correctly, Oklahoma, Texas, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio mm. State, and Washington. Yeah, I and mean, that's just that's like, everybody. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, and I mean, obviously the the recruiting focus there, like you're gonna have a lot of the staff from Washington on that, but also you're gonna have the staffs on every other team you're competing against so I don't know if it'll even that out to where we're at a disadvantage we're obviously in state we're the favorite right now just from the people who are thinking ah oh, he's in state like he showed up to uh that last visit weekend in June which is a good sign you know he came unannounced to that which was pretty cool um it's good to see that you know like we're not losing him right now um i still think there's a really good shot that we land him like that's just what i think i think it's gonna be us i think it's gonna be you guys and you're probably looking at you know alabama i think bama and eh, i don't even know i think it'll be down actually i would i would really keep an eye on texas for josh connerly now that oregon landed kelvin banks hmm. texas could be huge for josh connerly it could i just don't know if the pull from his local programs in Alabama is going to be enough to get us. Like, I think that poll is going to be too much for him, but obviously I'm not the kid. I don't know. So uh, if it comes down we'll to, tell. if it comes down to those teams, uh, the normal argument Washington fans tend to make is development. Mm -hmm. What development have you guys shown for offensive tackles? Dale McGarry. For sure. I mean, first round draft pick for him um, in our entire O line, most of our O line right now, you're not going to see the fruits of that labor, I think, until the next couple drafts because so after you got his Kirkland. Decision. Yeah, so after his decision. But, I mean, the evidence is still there, right? You're going to have Kirkland who's going to be a top O-line in the next draft. Do you have any um, tackles in the NFL that you can think of? Let's start. Caleb McGarry. What does he play McGarry. for? The Falcons. Oh, okay. Makes sense. That's why I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he was, he was a, a first-round pick a couple of years ago. Um, I think 2019 draft. Yeah, a couple. Um, I mean, he was the best O-line they've produced in a lineman they've produced in quite a long time. And I, Jordan I played, uh... <laughs> Oh, anyways, uh, sorry. For audio just... listeners, Matt's face right there was absolutely priceless when I said Jordan it... Reffitt. Did, oh. did you say something? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Kudos to the guy. He he's he's doing well for himself. He he tweets a lot, but 
Guy's got a life going for him. It's just it's just not in football. And that's okay. <laughs> We're okay with that. Jordan Reffitt, if the, if you come across this, I'm really not trying to hate on you, dog, but sometimes you make it a bit easy to go after. So. <laughs> Love you, man. So <laughs> Power re- to you, brother. Realistically, obviously, Otten's one. Yeah. It's two of five for the best players in Washington, the best case scenario. I don't think best case scenario. I think realistically, uh, with Mises' uh, recruitment, Misa we could, could be we could be potentially looking at three. Um, that is best case scenario, and that would be if you guys miss two. on somebody too, right? Yes, I don't think he's number one on your board. No, I don't think so. Because um, Connolly's one. Uh, if, we're, if we're just looking at Washington, I meant your linebacker board. Oh, linebacker board. Uh, mm, for 2022, he's up there. I don't know if he's number one, though. I think we're looking at a state for that, but um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Y'all should go for research. a guy who is not a take at Oregon, but almost was uh, Travius Lathan out of Miami. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of him. It's really he solid. I like him, yeah. but mm-hmm. I don't think he's a take for us. I wish he was because I really think he's a really good player. Yeah. But I don't think he's a take. Yeah. And I mean, Washington's landing for 2022, you know, you got Chance Brogan up there in the top 10 for the state. Um, you got a couple other guys. Um, I forgot, was Naboo the guy that decommitted or no? Uh, Probably. Yeah, because it's uh, out of the top 10 right now, we've landed two of them in uh, Ione and Brogan, who are eight and nine. And then Naboo's 10 uh, were favored for him. And then obviously Otten and Connerly were favored for. So that's half of it, which is solid if we can land all those guys. Plus Misa would make six out of the top 10, which would honestly be really good for us. But You'd be again, happy with that? I, I'd be very happy with that, honestly. A lot of quality guys. Um, with last year's class, you know, we still have talented guys. It's just the stars weren't there. Obviously, Heward was the main attraction of that class. Um but um, who's the only attraction in that class? We we had a couple four stars. I'm a big fan of um, Will Latu from uh, from Bethel. He's a he's a baller. Um, from what I was told by other Washington fans is that he will never play at Washington. I could see that happening, but I think they're going to find a place for him. I don't know if it'll be where he. To be fair, it was uh, playing, it was but... UWFP opinions. <laughs> so JTT <laughs> should be ranked two fifty to three hundred. Why you got a diss on my dog Brandon like that, bro? He, he's your former co-host. Yeah. Who also has you blocked on Twitter? I had, I've blocked him way before that. <laughs> he just—I I think he realized I blocked him, so he blocked me back. Well, there you go. A fate worse so, than death. Actually, of the top no. ten last year, Clay Millen went to mm-hmm. Nevada. Josh McCarron went to Virginia. You got yeah. Will Latu. This is, I think, the um. No offense to the kid. I hope he succeeds. I hope he does great. The worst commit in your class is a four star, I think. Jabez Tene. You, you really you don't like Tene, no, huh? He's Which not. I find surprising. I think it helped his I think his recruiting ranking was helped by the fact that people <clears throat> knew he was going to play with Sam Heward. And that connection when they were playing high school ball was absurd. Absolutely. I think his recruiting um, ranking I, was helped by the no season. <clears throat> also that. But I think I think he's all that 
being a four star. I, really I like do. Junior Alexander, but I don't think y'all landed him, did you? No, Arizona State got him. Yeah, he, I think he's really nice. And depending on what the NCAA decides to do, maybe we'll get it back. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we actually landed what four four out of the top ten guys, which isn't terrible per se. But again, we lost the main guys in Emeka and JT. Is Clay Millen related to former Oregon quarterback Kale Millen? I think so. I'm pretty sure. I really liked Kale. He wasn't great but like he, he gave effort every time like he always gave yeah. maximum effort millen i don't i mean millen was never a take no lo- i know that. looking at washington just because we landed Heward. i mean he was gonna get buried in the depth chart kid is very talented and i'm glad he found a home in nevada but it's just you know that's a tough one <laughs> and looking looking over the 2022 class who is washington the biggest name players outside of washington who are they in for oh <sighs> Mm. <laughs> I kind of so don't like know a third hundred and something ranked player. Um, I know there's a couple that are within the top three hundred. It's kind of uh, sad that that's that's like an accomplishment. <laughs> for you yeah, guys. but again, we're I think the big focus with this class again is gonna be in state, seeing how we do in state because you know. Um, we're going to be landing guys from Texas. We do decently in Texas, right? We Doing do decently in SoCal, Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to get a couple guys from Nevada, probably. We'll land some people from whoever else knows where, probably land some gem at Idaho, some, you know, stuff like that. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm searching for any Washington crystal balls on uh, the top 300 players okay. real fast. So if you want to continue talking about anything, uh yeah um oh you have one actually... commit inside the top 250 jeremy bernard wide receiver out of nevada oh my god i completely forgot he committed pretty early too right from what i remember yeah yeah that's why i, I don't remember is a while ago <laughs> yeah he's a four star he's solid he's really good he'll definitely uh help that room out especially with kind of the attention that'll be on them this upcoming season. I see UCLA oh. a lot more than I expected to. You see, dude, I'm telling you, you UCLA guys have projected is... the land as of right now. Zero other players inside the top 300. Really? Yeah. Fascinating. Hmm. But there's some guys on here I think you could get because they're projected at Oregon, but I highly doubt that they're a take at Oregon. Yeah, that's probably fair. And that's, that is in no way trying to throw shade at Washington. I just... Yeah, no, it, it happens. Like, it totally happens. I mean... It's, like, this raw... Yeah, this, uh, there's this linebacker out of Nevada, 267th ranked. We're deep at linebacker. I don't know if that's a yeah, need. It's hard to tell. And I mean, like, with Washington, everybody was freaking out about the uh, the DB flipping... Uh, what was his last name? Um, was it Morrison? Yeah. Yeah. Him flipping to Notre Dame, but like Washington missing out on a DB recruit isn't the biggest deal. No, y'all are pretty good <laughs> I, at, at least with DBs lately. In my opinion, we have a pretty, we always have a deep DB room. We always have talented DBs. Not that we couldn't use those guys, but like it's not the end of the world. Like people are saying it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, <sighs> with, in, in regards to recruiting, Oregon landed five-star offensive lineman Kelvin Banks over... Yeah. Over the, the holiday weekend. And uh, yeah. a lot of uh, A&M and Longhorn fans 
blamed the name, image, likeness, and Phil Knight and Nike for it. Yeah. What, what what do you think about that? What do you like? Uh, is Nike a, that big of a draw for it? I Nike's a huge draw. Don't get me wrong. I find it interesting when you have teams that claim to be on top of the college football world in terms of income, in terms of boosters, in terms of brand. And they're complaining about another brand coming in and taking local recruits like name image like this is supposed to benefit those schools pretty close to as much as it benefited Oregon. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they were like, I don't really see why they're complaining about it, because realistically, if you're losing out on a local recruit to Oregon when you are still that much of a college football brand like that's kind of not a good sign they were they were saying that uh Texas might drop should drop Nike because of <laughs> Nike's impact on Oregon oh my god that is because because Nike because Nike needs any of these college football teams to make money yeah seriously oh no what are you gonna do Adidas is gonna be donating to whatever school I think it's Miami I don't know how Adidas is and then Under Armour is going to donate to Maryland. Like, I mean, I I what I don't know who they're going to are. They're going to rock Rockaware or like and one. <laughs> Bring back the Aeropostale uniforms, bro. Oh my! Bring them back. Of we course, you would say that. We need UConn back on Your top of the college football. Your haircut makes me think world. you 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 wear Aeropostale. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I woke up from a nap an hour ago, <laughs> sir. So you can stop with the slander. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, Mike, now you got me self-conscious on air. Now I gotta <laughs> fix my hair, dude. See what you did. I see what I did. Hey, but real question though: the Kayvon Thibodeau's NFT with Tinker yeah. Hatfield and Phil Knight. Phil Phil Knight. That seems. I love Oregon. That seems like a pretty smart. I mean, it's, it's smart thinking, but it just mm. seems like a direct funnel from booster to player. Oh, a hundred percent. And like, this is what people were worried about with name image. Like this was the fact that NCAA is kind of like, all right, you got what you want. Like we're hands off, like go for it. And now it's just kind of like money's being thrown all over the place. And I think what Oregon did was smart because they've, you know, whatever loopholes or however they figured out that this was okay to do, like good for them. Like don't hate the player, hate the game. Right. But mm -hmm. like now you're going to see, you know, SEC schools doing this crap. You're going to see Ohio State. You're going to see Texas and A&M and all these other schools is it 2000, doing that kind of stuff. Is it 2008 again? Oregon innovating college football? Oh, God. <laughs> Oregon taking advantage of college football? Hey, yeah. hey, I wouldn't call it taking <laughs> hey, again, advantage. Again, I'm just saying, hey, don't hate the player, no, hate the game. Like, would, good for that them sounds for harsh, of it. though. Taking advantage. That sounds kind of mean. You can't, like you, you can't deny that it's like <laughs> not a little bit shady, like just a little bit. You don't have to admit that like it's, it's legal. Not, it's, or whatever. it's a little bit shady though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Also, I feel like they could have done a better job on that design, but that's just the uh, the uh, the web design major in me talking. So. Listen, I'm just saying. I've seen a whole bunch of teams who are going to have the most benefit from name, image, likeness list that didn't include Oregon at all. So I don't know. Which, name, image, likeness I, is not going to help us, man. That's what that's what a lot of people were saying. 
which I don't know who was dumb enough to say that, <laughs> but like, you know, go them. I hope that they realized that they were wrong completely. <laughs> I know I was talking um, to you about it before it became live and you're just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, for you, Dub, right? I think name image like this is still going to benefit you, Dub. It's just not going to be known at all because the focus is going to be on the organ states or not the organ states. Oh my God. The organs. The hell? The organs, the USC's, the UCLA's. It's going to help you edge out on the players you're recruiting against, like Arizona State and Cal yes. for. It's going to help you uh -huh. edge, edge out for those guys. Like, maybe uh -huh. you keep that wide receiver from last year. Yeah. And every, like, every once in a while, you know, it's, I don't know if it'll be the edge, but every once in a while, you know, maybe you see more guys who are kind of, like, lower on the big programs. Like, maybe you'll see them, like, okay, yeah, I'll go to Washington, like, Name image likeness works here when they're, you know, their top five is going to be like, you know, Washington, Arizona State, USC, and then they're going to be lower on a team like Oregon, maybe or lower on, you know, one of those bigger programs, but they're still going to include them in that final list. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you, um, you include teams for clout nowadays. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if you see a top five and you throw Alabama in that mix and like LSU, it's like, oh, this guy's pretty good. Huh? And then, uh, yeah. Sorry, that was, that was the, my Midwestern coming out in me there. Oh, the, that's the pretty good, there, mind. Oh, yeah, there, bud. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There you fucking go, man. There so, you go, bud. We're going to do, do a new thing on the show. I'm going to... I just thought of it. I did not prepare this beforehand. Oh, I was going to say, what I are you going to throw me? I ain't ready for so, this. So, we both need to be completely objective, and we got to ask each other a question about our programs. And our honest opinion, no fan to it at all. In okay. your honest honest opinion, will this current staff at Washington ever be able to recruit on par with Oregon? No. <laughs> with with Cristobal there? No. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you can't compare it, right? And, like, I think Lake would have to, I mean, there's a, a couple of recruiting weak points of our staff. Like, we, you know. Can improve on? Cristobal, yeah, can improve on. Cristobal amplifies all of his supporting staff with his recruiting abilities times 10. Jimmy Lake helps, but he doesn't have that impact on the staff, at least not yet. He's got a different energy, too. Jimmy Lake is he does a, have a, he's a quieter guy. He's a quieter guy. You know, Cristobal is this loud, out there He's an offensive lineman. <laughs> yeah, and it works. He's truly an offensive lineman. <laughs> and it works for recruiting. Like, that's the type of energy that really works for recruiting. Um, and Lake, you know, is this more, I would say, I don't want to say Cristobal is like cocky and arrogant, but he's definitely got that edge to him. Chris, uh, Lake is definitely more humble, I would say. Lake is you more know? to uh, Cristobal is more Baker. Yes, attitude sure. wise, like not not not. Attitude, okay, I was gonna say <laughs> attitude wise. Yes. Yeah, yeah attitude we'll attitude wise, like Tua uh -huh. is quiet, but he's still solid. Yeah. College wise, NFL no, but college wise, quiet still still a good player. Both were yeah. good players, and yeah. Baker was just a lot more loud and out there. And I think yeah. an underrated part of our recruiting is our strength coordinator, Coach Feld. I think he's I huge. Coach Feld for I think, as much as I, I think players love him. Washington fans think he's corny. I think players love him. Hey, dude, I'll be the first to admit I love the guy. Like, oh my I god, love that dude. energy. Like, he's he's awesome. And like, come on, you can't tell me that like somebody with that type of stash like, isn't kick ass. <laughs> like, come on, dude. He said Jeff I'll, Foxworthy I'll, told him his stash I'll, was nice. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit I love that guy. 
And, you know, like, those are the parts of the program that, like, go under the radar because Oregon's, you know, this big out there program. And people don't realize that recruiting, there's a lot of smaller parts that go into it, you know. How how are the facilities? How's the supporting staff around them? You know, do people like the weights coach? Do people like... Um, Spend more time you know, with a strength coach than any other coach. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Also, shout uh, out Coach Feld. He just had a daughter. Oh, good for him. Good I think the him. other day. Nice. That's awesome. Very good to hear. Chocolate straw. Okay, Jose. Yeah, just I have chat pulled up. Yeah, that's um, that's that's one of my friends. Um, so nice. your turn to ask an objective question, and I have to answer right. truthfully, regardless of fandom. All right, Mike. All right, Mike. Recruiting aside, recruiting aside, because Cristobal's a great recruiter. Can Oregon win a national championship, or even get to the playoff and win a playoff game with Cristobal as head coach? This year or like ever in the next like three years. Yes. I think we win a title within that time period. You think so? I'm a hundred percent, especially with the talent, with the talent you pull in, all it takes is that one game changer. You get that one game changing player and you can win a national championship. And no disrespect to coaches. When you have that game changing player, your coach doesn't matter. Fair. Mark Helfrich has a playoff win because of Marcus Mariota. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> like you have a you have a point. So, and I also don't think I think I hope I really hope Cristobal gets out of play calling because he's yeah. really good at hiring staff. He hires some I, great staff. I was staff. gonna say because you know with him kind of we have play Moorhead. calling. Why is Morehead not calling the place? <laughs> One you of know, the you guys every list big game boomer all of those freaking yeah. lists. Top OCs in the country. Moorhead's up there. Why is he not calling all the plays? Because I know damn well Moorhead is not calling those pistol plays. Yeah. And I mean, you look at the games that they played last year. Again, COVID year. But also, you guys played like seven or eight games. So it's a way bigger sample size than, say, Washington has from last season. I mean, you guys had a tough one against Oregon State. You guys had a tough one against Cal. And you could say, all you know... Pack, you know, winning the Pac-12, whatever aside, you isolate your losses, and let me be, those weren't. Let me be honest, games. to Oregon fans. If winning the Pac-12 is still an achievement, we're not on the level we want to be. Like, at least to me, winning the Pac-12, I mean, it's a necessary accomplishment yearly to be where yeah. we want to be, but it doesn't like impress me. Like, it's like okay, that's supposed to be normal. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be every year. Like, that's not even supposed to be a question, especially now with the talent we have. It's if we lose the Pac-12, it better be to USC, and if it's to anybody else, it's a disappointment. It's fair. It's a good take. I would say the same thing for Washington, but we're not looking at that upper echelon, at least not yet, right? Just because you know Oregon recruiting-wise and stuff, they're up there with the best of them. They've been to the playoff. Washington has too. Oregon's been in. A national title game. Washington hasn't. Argue all you want about that. You know, at least they were close. But you know, it take you know getting that game is pretty important too. Um, Can't win the game if you don't get to it. Exactly. And uh, big thing for Washington. I would say the same thing to Washington fans. Like people are always like, oh, you know, we're going to be this big brand soon. We're going to be on the up and up soon. It's like, well, you know, soon for five years. You got to be able to lock in not only your division. You got to be able to lock in the conference consistently. And yeah. you got to be able to keep your best coaches. 
like Chris Peterson retired with nobody realizing that was about to happen. Quiddy yeah. left with nobody expecting that to happen. Like, mm -hmm. in my opinion, all of my favorite coaches of yours, besides Lake, I really liked Lake as well. All of your best coaches are gone mm -hmm. from that playoff and team. And they still good support staff around them, but I that Chris Peterson era of coaches and the guys gone. that they had, it's they're gone and it's hard to compare it to them because they were really, really good. They really were. So I it's it's, it's a completely different coaching staff. And it is. And you can't you can't treat them the same as the last one, but also you can't expect them right away out of the gate to be putting Washington in that playoff conversation like they were towards the end of Peterson's career, you know? It took Peterson a few years to even get into that conversation. Exactly. And that was exactly. with Oregon going through the worst years they've had in 30 years. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> now you have 100%. Oregon at maybe its best years in 30 years coming up. Yeah, I was going to say they're on the up, but not, I would like... Yeah, coming you know, up. Past not, couple seasons have been. I'm not comparing 20, 2019, 2020 to 2010, yeah. 2007, <laughs> and 2014. Yeah. These are not Marcus Mariota, Dennis Dixon teams. <laughs> not in For the sure. slightest. Well, that, was, that was a fun little segment. I was, you caught me off guard with that. Yeah, I just thought lie. of it. Because, like, I seen. You a left field. I seen somebody tweet something that says, be objective about your college football team. And I was like, this is a good segment. I think yeah. we'll do that every once in a while. So we could start thinking of questions to ask each other. We got to answer it. Yeah, I was going to say, keeps me on my toes. So. It's cool. It's really cool. I, I don't I know. know. I just it's... thought of it on the spot. I thought it was a pretty cool segment idea. I know. I dig it, man. I'm down for it. I'm here for it. Do we have uh... any other topics? I mean, not that I can think of. We covered name image like this. This episode is basically a follow-up to three because we covered the same topics, but we have some closure now, especially with JTT. I mean, I've been trying to keep the episode shorter too, so I'm kind of glad we're only at 37 minutes. Yeah, no, it's it's good, um, good content. Big fan of that. I do also. I don't know if you're going to put this in the podcast or not. I think it's interesting. Not related to the Pac-12 or anything. Just a college football fan observing college football here. We'll SMU. What what's going on there? Now <laughs> I want to take a jab at Texas A&M. How are you going to tell me that you're going to come back at Oregon with a wrath and then lose a player to Southern Methodist? <laughs> Methodist. Like, hey, if you can't be not... Southern Methodist, good luck going against fucking Nike. Like, good luck. Yeah, SMU's on the up though. They have landed <laughs> what back... three recruits in the top one hundred and fifty now from this class. <laughs> back they... to their old ways. Hey, <laughs> if you, if you got to throw the bag, you got to throw the bag, man. Like, and now it's allowed, so they won't get the death penalty. It's uh, that's what I'm saying. It's long enough <laughs> in the past two to where newer fans don't really have a clue what that what even happened that, <laughs> i love right? wilbur's tweet of southeastern college teams plotting on oregon's death penalty she's <laughs> <laughs> like good luck our lawyers are Dude, better wilbur, than yours besides stanford the best part about when washington twitter is up in flames is that wilbur posts wilbur and owen post their best content wilbur and owen are the best thing to have they, in the duck and husky they, twitter they thrive in <laughs> chaos. And it is... <laughs> I get roasted by both of them, and I still love them. Yeah, no. I don't even think they. I'm relevant enough for either of them to even know. But, God, dude, they, they're a, they're a good time on Twitter. That's for sure. <laughs> Marcus Mariota last year had more playing time than Jacob Beeson. Probably will for most of his career. Yeah, that's Marcus Mariota, though. And that's, that's one game. Marcus Mariota is one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the NFL. Don't care. 
why would he not be? Because he's a backup. I still, I that's not a hard statement to make. I feel like maybe I don't well, know. Maybe there's I'm thirty-two tripping, teams. But... Like I'm saying, he's starter caliber in the NFL. Oh yeah. He's... He he showed he showed flares of it at Tennessee, and that that was during a time when Tennessee's coaching was kind of bleh, you know. Don't like... get me started about the fucking Tennessee Titans and Marcus Mariota. They tried to Maybe make this we'll man save. fucking Ryan Tannehill. They tried to make him a pocket passer. Like Marcus, Mar- did they watch a single game at Oregon? Like, or did they just say, "Ooh, Heisman, pick him"? <laughs> like, bro, they had him dropping back and fucking throwing the ball on. Also, also the same staff that took Jake Locker eighth overall. <laughs> And then the one game we see him at in Oakland, Marcus Mariota looks like Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Holy shit, you put him in a spread offense and he looks like Marcus Mariota. Crazy. I'm interested to see how that dynamic works with him and Derek Carr. I am low on Derek Carr. I think he's better than Derek Carr. I not because I'm I, insanely high on Marcus because I think Derek Carr yeah. is. I think Derek Carr is kind of. Water. I think he's a bit underrated and just it's. Just I think Kirk Cousins is better. A, I mean, I could see that, but I don't know. I'm just interested to see what that staff decides to do with that because obviously Derek Carr started last year, but I mean, like, and are you? Does Derek like, is Derek Carr spread quarterback? Like, I, I genuinely don't know. Is he a spread quarterback? I think so. You have literally, so. like, the... If Jesus could build a spread quarterback, it would be Marcus Mariota. <laughs> I think if Jesus could build a spread quarterback, he would just do it himself because he's Jesus. Don't you think? Uh, no, he doesn't have the Mahalo power, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this this uh he doesn't have the dna of a... not, this this podcast is not vatican approved by the way <laughs> he doesn't if, have if the dna of a polynesian he's <laughs> he's not poly <laughs> jesus is not poly yes you're not wrong <laughs> oh my god like no, but but for real though, even in the game we saw in Oakland and the first yeah, few years yeah, in Tennessee yeah. when they tried to kind of run a little bit of spread offense styles, like mm-hmm. what have we seen that shows he can't do what a Lamar not to the level but style of a Lamar Jackson? Yeah, someone some Washington fan was finna start fucking spamming their keyboard about how Lamar Jackson was an MVP and Marcus Mariota. Is barely in the league. I was. I knew it yeah. would have come if I didn't say something. <laughs> yeah, because Lamar Jackson is far and away a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota. Agreed. I'm not arguing that. that. Because every time I mention he could play like, the same style, same kind of yes, role. That's what I every say. time the I bring that up on Twitter, better. they're like, "He's not as good as Lamar Jackson." No fucking shit. We know. Like, hello, <laughs> Lamar Jackson won an MVP. Do I ever think Marcus yeah. Mariota will win an NFL MVP? No. Do I think it could be a pro bowler QB? Yes. Yeah. MVP? No. Yeah, I mean, Mar- Mariota, the only thing against him is that he's not getting any younger. Not that and he's health. super old, but and in injury. Like, those are the only two things that are, like, kind of against him. And also, like, playing for the Raiders, like, that's always kind of tough. God, but... I wanted to see him go to the Patriots. No, oh, that would have been, because that was a thing for a while. And then they said it would have been like Cam Newton, but not broken. 
All right, guys. So that was the fourth episode of the Ducks and Dogs podcast. We thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. Matt, any closing remarks other than how terrible Washington is at sports? Uh, Washington is actually good at sports. Name them. Uh, rowing. Uh, <laughs> okay. I mean, we're national champions. So, uh, rowing football is good, despite whatever you say. Uh, not saying basketball because that's <laughs> not true at all. Women's basketball um, also not women's, true. Uh, they're, I mean, they're better than our men's team. I mean, <laughs> my high school. Yeah, we don't. We don't. We don't. We don't need to get into that. Anyways, guys, um, we thank you for watching and or listening, however you're listening, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Music. Whoever the hell uses title, uh, YouTube, whatever you're watching on, we appreciate you. Even if you use title, you know, you might have some issues going on, but we still appreciate hey, credit, you. Hey, shout out to you if you are using title because you you got some other things going on, obviously. So. You you got black Power forces you. energy. <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you, and we hope to see you next episode.